Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. So let me tell you, last week I, I preached a message called The Walking Dead. Which was, I know you don't believe this, but I had no clue that the season of Walking Dead started last Sunday night. I don't even watch The Walking Dead, never watched it, it just sounds, I don't, sounds dead to me, so I don't, but I was very much let known that last week was the season on Sunday evening when people started to let me know, but uh, this is part two of the week. The ep- this is episode two, so hit your DVR right now. And, uh, and, and for those of you that didn't hit the DVR for last week's episode of Walking Dead, you need to go back and watch um, last week's message because it's a strong setup for today's message. It's just a two-week thing. We're not going to carry this on, but um, you need to watch last week because it, it built a strong mental picture in your brain of what I was preaching last week. is about the Roman Empire and the way they tortured people, and it brought it into Paul's day, and it was really, really cool. So I'd never preached that before, so you need to go back and get that, and, and watch that. It's on Facebook or a podcast, uh, on, on your iTunes, whatever you can do. And, uh, but listen, because it helps you, it'll help you with, it'll add more to today's message if you didn't get last week's. But if not, I want to I talk a little bit. I've got some more things I want to say about that and speak into some of your lives. Uh, we have this epidemic in the church of the living God that we are seeing people carry their past with them, carry their past with them. And their past that they're carrying with them, they're bringing into their present and it's just destroying their future in their lives. And my God died for, for more than that. He died, he died to set us free, amen? He died to set us free. and. I'm, pre- I'm, I'm calling this walking dead because so many Christians are doing that. They're walking. They're walking. They're coming to church. They're walking. They're showing up. They're, they may be faithful, whatever, but they've they got a dead man on their back. And you had to hear, hear last week's message, but they got a dead man on their back, a dead woman on their back, whatever it is. And, and so they're, they're like zombies. They, they, they've got all this stuff that they're carrying and still trying to have life and life more abundantly, and it, and it, it wears on you, and it, it's tough on us, and it's emotional, and it, it really never get the deliverance that you need to, and so I hope today, I hope today will help you more in that. I really believe that it will. In order to resist sin, how we see ourselves is very, very important. How we see what God has already done in our life, the enemy wants you to never see yourself delivered just in this perpetual spin in life that you never, I mean, we have good church, but you never get deliverance. You never get set free. And he's fine with you coming to church. He don't care about you showing up at church. What he doesn't want you to happen, he's, he doesn't want you to be delivered. He doesn't want you to be set free in your life. And, and, and that's not of God. And so it helps us to realize see ourselves that we have been forgiven and how much that we have been forgiven. And so I, I lo- gave you this little 
little piece last week, and I want to show it again to you. Today I want to put it on the screen, and it's, it's, it's the three tenses in your life, and you'll understand that as I preach this. But there's three tenses in your life. There's past, there's present, and there's future, and, and, we're, and we're, we're laying that out. On the cross, on the cross, Jesus freed us from sin's penalty. Everybody say the past. Jesus freed us. When he went to the cross, he freed us from our yesterdays. Yesterday's issues. Sin's penalty. You were born into sin. I mean, you were out of your mother's womb and boom, sin was on you. But Jesus come to set you free from that through the power of the cross. Amen? That, that is like the beauty of the gospel. It's amazing. But don't stop in your gospel at the cross. Because the next thing, I can't just get my past taken care of and think that I've got, I'm, I'm free from walking dead. I've got to move on. And so the next thing that happens to a spirit-filled believer is the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is delivering me from the practice of sin. So I, my past is covered by the penalty of sin is covered by what Jesus did for me, the Spirit that I've got on board with me. And if you don't have the Spirit, you need the Spirit. You need the Spirit. But the Spirit is delivering me from the practice of sin. It's the things that are currently trying to attach itself, the current temptations, the current struggle that I'm in, the current thing that's warring in my mind. The Spirit is fighting off of that and helping you with that process of the practice of sin. And then, and then the next is the future. In His second coming, when He comes back for His church, He sets me free from the, the presence of sin. So when we get to heaven, isn't that going to be beautiful when we get to heaven like a thousand years, we're standing around the throne worshiping God, and I'm not going, not trying to warn my brain and fighting temptation and struggle. The sin's not there. The devil's not there. And I'm like, whoo, whoo, whoo. All right? So, so that's my future. That's, that's, my, that's my tomorrows. So he, he has delivered me. I drove this in your mind like crazy last week. And there you go again, all right? He has delivered. He is delivering. And he... Oh, y'all are all on it. Oh, he's got it on the screen. Y'all got a cheat sheet. So he has delivered. He is delivering. And he shall deliver our life. He delivers us in all three tenses in our lives. And some of you think that, you would never say this, but you think that you have used up the grace of God because you have so many mistakes in your yesterday, so many mistakes in your past, that you have Somehow you feel like you've depleted the grace of God. You know that's not true, and so that keeps you walking. But there's something dead attached to you that you think, eh, man, I just, I don't really know if I need to go with my current situation because, well, he's already done a lot for me, and I've kind of filled up the, the paper here, and I, I don't know that I want to add anything into in it. And, and so what we do is we kind of see God work on us and, and we've got our yesterdays, and I know everybody's not probably able to see this, but we've got this and our yesterdays. And so it's all back up there, and you're saying, God, I need deliverance from my, my sin. I need deliverance from my past. I need deliverance from all that's been on me in my yesterday. And Jesus said, I got this for you. I got you covered here. And he took on the bruising 
He took on the bruising. He took on the beating. He took on the cross to set you free from your yesterday. And we know that. We, we know that. It keeps us coming back, right? It keep, even, even, but, but, but look here. But we somehow think that this is kind of how he did that. That he kind of he did this number, but he's still keeping record of it. That, that, that's kind of, that, that it's still there, it's just kind of smudged out and it's in the background and I'm trying to do life. And what happened is we got people coming to church and, and, and we're, they're thinking that, oh, he's forgiven it. But it's there. And I'll tell you how I know this to be the truth is because people, people know he's done this, but then they make another mistake and you're going to make a mistake in life. You're going to have issues in life. You're going to have struggle. And it may not be, you know, they're dragging you to the bar room, now the bar room every night. But, but it may be bitterness. It may be offense. Oh, my God, I'm seeing so many people get offended in these days and age. Offended. I mean, you can look at them the wrong way and they're like, offended. I ain't come back here. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, my God. And what happens is we all get, we all, you, the Bible says offenses are going to come. You're going to get offended. You're going to get offended. But, but watch this. We, we're scared to bring back our, our offense or our bitterness or our struggle because we think, well, I know he forgave me, but man, I sure hate to ask him again. And, and so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted and, and, and so I, I really don't know if I, if, if I want to bring that back. And so due to it, I kind of quit. I kind of quit. You know why? I know he did it for me in the past, but man, I mean... I got I got other issues. It, my past not the only thing. I'm still struggling with it. I'm going old school this morning, right here on this board. But all of a sudden, that's not the. I mean, I, I begin to understand something. This is not the way. This is not the way Christ works. He doesn't work when he just smudges it out and keeps record. That's what people do. God works on a different level. And what he does is he comes and he baby wipes that bad boy out of there. All right, he comes at. But the baby wipe is called the blood of Jesus. Huh? He, and, he, and he begins to not just smear it away or smear it around. He begins to set you free. He begins to set you free. And so this is what happened. You make a mistake. You, make a, you have a struggle. You have a setback in your life. And, and we're going to have those. All of a sudden, you think, oh, God, I've got to bring this back to him. And you think, well, I don't know. I already got the past. And he's going, bring it to me. Come on. I don't even know, well, I've been struggling with this one thing for 20 years. He said, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Clean slate. Fresh. I'm here. The Bible says his mercies are new every day, every morning. They're renewed, they're renewed, renewed. Well, I don't know if I can come back to him. I, I, I've been struggling with this thing. And we want you to get deliverance. And that's one of the things I'm preaching about today. And we believe that in this church, Amen. But I got to tell you, sometimes you run up against issues and, and you have a wrestling match in your spirit and you, and you struggle. I just got to tell you, you got to run back to the grace of God and the mercies of God because they have wiped clean and he's saying, I'm ready for you. And you say, well, I don't know if he'll do it. Let me just tell you, he taught you to do it like humanity, to do it like 490 times in a day. Don't you think God Almighty is big enough to handle what you bring him? And every time you bring him, if you have repented of your sins, he's saying you're starting clean all over again. That's why 
That's why the church of old wrote a song that says, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. See, you and I don't really completely comprehend the amazing grace of God, but the ama- reason we say amazing grace is it's absolutely amazing. I do it, I do it, whoops. I do it, and he says, I got you, kid. I got you, kid. You're my son. I want you to live for God more than you want to live for God. I'm going to tell you, I'm here for you. I died for you. Whoop, it's gone. Now, now, now the religious world gets all heat about this. They get nervous about this because what they say, it happened in the Bible, and Paul had to address it. They say, oh, my goodness, if if we do this, people are going to get a license to sin, and they're going to remain sinning. And Paul said, no, 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 that's not the way it works. I, I if, if you do it, you can come back to him. But the fact of the matter is, is I've come to set you free from this. And I keep giving you a chance and chance and chance because I come to set you free. I believe that when people are set free, it feels so good to be set free, they don't want to go back to, excuse me, the vomit that, the, that, that, that they came out of. But if you're not set free and you're holding on, and, and you got in your brain the smudges of yesterday, you always go back to that because you still think it's lingering. Can I just tell the church something? He came to set you F-R-E-E free. It's over. It's, it's over. Turn to, turn, turn to somebody and say, it's over. You didn't say it like I did it. His mercies are new every single day morning. That's why we can say, so there is therefore no condemnation to those who belong to Christ. Why can I say that? Because the, the enemy, this is what the, it's what the enemy doing. I need him. Here we go. This is what the enemy is doing. He's going, he's coming over your board. He's going, mm-hmm. That's what he does on Monday. Mm-hmm. I know you had good church, but I just got to show you something. Gotta show you something. Look, look right here. Look. look, look. I, I want to amplify that. Look at that, look at that, look at that. You sorry dog. You sorry dog. And I'm going, but look what Jesus did for me. You sorry dog. Look what you... Now, I know I'm being funny, but the Bible says he's accuser of the brethren. So he is, he is just constantly going, eh, look at that. Look at that. Who, why would you even think you ought to come back to church? You sorry no good for nothing. That's why the Bible says God Almighty does not put condemnation on you. And see, the church gets all messed up about that. We think that when we feel those feelings and we, or those whispers in our ear, watch what we do, watch what we do. We go, we turn to the devil and start having a conversation with the devil. Let me say it this way. We start having prayer with the devil. We start meditating with the devil. And the devil says, it really never was about that. It's about this. And I got you in dialogue. And you're saying, I, well, I'm not that. That's not who I am. That's all I said. And he's going, ah, I got him. I got him. got him. That's not God bringing that up in your life. He doesn't remember it. He wiped it clean. And so in his presence, God said, man, I've got to tell you, just bring it back to me. I got that. And we're going to kick the devil's backside. We, we got this stuff. We're going to move forward. You just keep bringing things to me. I'm not just going to move it around. I'm going to wash it clean. I know I'm not doing a good job, but he's better. That's why I'm not God. And, but but, but he, he, he wipes that baby clean, and he moves it, and that's how you can have freedom. I am sick and tired of the church of the living God who has access to the blood of Christ 
beating yourself up, not wanting to come back to church, not coming back to his presence because you had something that got stuck in your spirit and it bound, it bound you up, wound you up, and keeping you all tied up in, in the enemy. I've got to tell you, you've been set free by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now get up, move, go forward, and live for Jesus. Somebody give the Lord a shout of praise. Listen to this. Y'all are fun to preach to. Just can I, can I tell you? 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 8. I, I want to teach you some things today. 1 Timothy 2 and 8 says this. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands. Anytime you see the word holy in Scripture, it means set apart. I will th therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands, set apart hands. What is it set apart from? Wrath and doubting. Isn't that good? Wrath and doubting. So this is the deal. So I am separating my worship. <laughs> I'm separating my worship from wrath and doubting. Now, that doesn't really ring you until you understand what the Greek word for doubting is. The Greek word for doubting means an arguing match that you're having with yourself in your mind. Now, folks, that's good right there. I froaked you. So, look, look here. <laughs> Everybody didn't catch that. I said, folks, that is good. Uh, I said, so I froaked you. All right, listen. I will, therefore, that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands, separated. What is it separated from? It's separating from what's warring in my spirit, my mind. Is that good? Yeah. And the reason that's good it's because while the enemy is going to beat you or trying to beat you up Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all these days, and he's constantly bringing this back into your spirit, God is, the Word of God is saying this, I want you to go back to worship, and I want you to separate yourself from what's trying to bring you back into the, what's warring in your mind, and I want you to step forward and praise and worship, saying, He has this, He is this, He shall be this, I am leaving that alone, and I'm separating myself man can we try that just a minute would you stand on your feet just lift up holy hand just get your hands up in the air like you just don't care come on lift your hands up lift your hands up the warring of the mind has got to stop separate it from that i don't care what the devil's telling you i don't care how bad he's telling you are and i want you to praise god out loud come on get loud i want you to praise god out loud god i have been set free and i'm separating myself from the warring of the mind Man, 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 man. Woo! Come on, let's try that one more time. Get loud and proud like you're at a, a, a sporting event or something. Come on, that's it. Give God your best. Give God your best. Give God your best. Now this is, hey, watch you. This is what we do. This is what we do. This is what we do. Huh? Huh? Did you say something? Condemning. Yeah? Watch my hands. Oh. Well, I thought I got victory over that. Boom. Get your hand back up. Say, not in this house. I've been set free by the blood of Jesus Christ. His blood. Man, I feel the Spirit of the Lord up in here right now. Somebody shout hallelujah. Can you do that? Hallelujah. Don't you have no conversations with the devil.
You ain't got time for that mess. All right, sit down. I got I to finish. Please sit down. I get a little excited sometimes. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses, verses 8. Now, the text that I'm about to read to you, I wanted to preach this last week, and it was, I just missed it. I mean, two services, just missed it. And I, I was really mad Sunday night, like I was wanting to put it on Facebook and put the scripture. And I felt a little check, and, and, and I'm coming back, and I preached this message again because I forgot that scripture. And sometimes you just got to do that. It, it, just, it, it must have been something I was supposed to preach this week. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 8 says this, this. Or chapter, chapter 1 verse 8 says this. For, now this is Paul speaking. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia. I want to minister to somebody with this. For we not, would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure, above strength, in so much that we despair even of life. Paul, let, let, me, let, me, let me unpack this for you. Paul was saying this. I went down to Asia and I just got to tell you, do you all know who Paul is? Paul is the bomb diggity of the New Testament. Y'all, he wrote most of the New Testament. He's spiritual, he's godly, he's intelligent. He's, I mean, he's a sharp writer. Read, Paul's an unbelievable writer. And he said this, I got to tell you, y'all don't need to be ignorant about this. I went through Hades. I went through it down in Asia. It was bad, and I got to tell you, it was so bad, I was depressed. I was just, I was just depressed. Just gotta be, I'm just, I'm just, I don't want you to be ignorant of it. I was depressed. Pressed, and then he says, pressed above measure. In other words, more than I felt like I could even handle. You know, you all got that little spot in you, you think you can handle a certain level. He said, this is above, above the measure. This went outside of my ability. He said, it was so much, it was above my strength. It was above my muscles. It was above my pay grade. It was, bo- it was more than I could handle. That's, that's how bad it was down in Asia. And it was, it was on me. And I think he is saying, I preached a message a few years ago uh, that's, that I preached it called the measure of grace. And I preached out from Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7 that the Bible says he gives every man a measure of grace. In other words, Kevin's right here. And, and he gives, when, when, when he, in Kevin's life, he says, I'm going to give you this measure of grace. And we're okay. We're okay living in our measure of grace. We're, we, 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 we all ain't handling it. And God's got this. And all of a sudden, Paul is saying, who wrote also Ephesians about the measure of grace, he said this, I'm pushed outside my measure. That's a rough place to be. I'm good in my measure. God's got this. You know, that's when people put on Facebook, God is so good. God's got this. He came right on through. And then they don't put it on Facebook when he said, uh-uh-uh. He didn't come through. I don't think he did. That don't make for good songs. Paul said, it's above measure, man. It's above my muscles. It's above my strength. This was outside of that, and I got to tell you, it was so outside of my measure, which is a scary place, that I just got to tell you, I felt like dying. I was so depressed. I felt like dying. I felt like throwing in the towel. 
Anybody ever been there? I'm not telling you that you're fixing to take your life, and maybe some of y'all, and I say this very kindly and ministering to you, maybe you have been there, or maybe you're there today, or, but you've been there, but you've been so miserable that that came across your mind. But even, even, not even I'm just talking just that, I'm talking about you're moving through the day, and you got that plastic smile on your face, and everybody says, how you doing? You say, I'm fine. And inside, you're dying. And I think everybody's been there. How you doing? You get to church. How you doing? And you just had a fight with your wife and your, or your husband or whatever. Kids. On and on. Asia. Asia's creeping up on me. I feel like I'm dying. I'm depressed. I want to say this to somebody right here today. Just because you're depressed doesn't mean you're not saved. Just because you felt like giving up don't mean you're not saved. Paul, again, was this incredible hero in the Word of God. And Paul's saying, it happened to me. I was struggling, man. This was above my pay grade. I know I'm pretty intelligent. I've got a major walk with God. But here he's saying, I'm right in the middle of the will of God. I'm right in the middle of what God has me. I'm supposed to be in Asia. I'm not out of the will of God. But I'm right here in the middle of Asia. I went through something so bad, tears dripped from my face. I didn't even feel like getting up. I just felt like dying. You know, one of those moments you're going, Jesus, take me now. I'm struggling. My family, I'm broken. I'm struggling within me. And, 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 and Paul's saying, listen to this. I know you heard about all my great exploits. And I know you heard about my, all my missionary journeys. And I know you heard about all the wonders and the miracles that came through my ministry. But listen to this. Don't you be ignorant of this. Don't you be without knowledge on this. And that is this. I went, excuse my terminology, I went through hell and back in Asia. I was at the bottom. I was at the end. And I just was saying, God, I'm about to die here. I'm broken. I'm struggling. I'm in the fight of my life. And I just feel like giving up. I look good on the outside. And everybody's saying, Preacher Paul, you the man. Keep writing. But on the inside, there's a struggle going on. And some of you are so down on yourself because you think, I should have known better than this. I should have not be at this level. I've got too much of God, but I'm here. I'm here, and I just feel like quitting. I just feel like giving it. What's the deal? What's the deal with us as the church that we think we're any better than Paul? The reader, the reader is not better than the writer. Am I... You hear me? The reader is not better than the writer. This great man of Paul said, that's where I was. And, and you can read that and understand. Who's to think that I'm better than Job? That his own wife looked at him and said, curse God and die. I'm on the bottom. Just take me now, God. I'm struggling. Who's to think that I'm better than Thomas? That Thomas says, I got a little, you know, I don't completely understand all this resurrection stuff. I don't, I don't really, I don't even know. I got some questions got some struggle. Russ Moe was in the first service and I really felt a prophetic word to speak to him right in the middle of the service. And I looked back at Russ Moe and him and his wife, their, their payment, 
they had just put in the mailbox of their first, they, I just married them a little while ago, and their first payment was in the box heading to pay their first note on their first dream house together. And Harvey hit, and it's five or six, seven foot deep. And everything within that, folks, I'm going to just tell you, that's a struggle, you hear me? That's in Asia. I, I've been through it, through it in Asia. I've been through the struggle in Asia. But i got to tell you, and I looked right at Russ, and I'm just telling you, it was the will of God, and this is really weird, but it was the will of God, Russ, and I told him this in service. It was the will of God, Russ, that you bought that house. You didn't buy that house outside of the will of God. You were right in the middle of God because we can fight and fuss and say, man, I'm going through struggle. Something I'm, I must be, I must be bad. I must be struggling. I must, something, something must be wrong with me. We must not, we must not be paying your tithes. Maybe did you miss a payment? I had a preacher tell me one time I was going through a struggle in my life. And he looked at me and said, "You wouldn't be having all this. You must not be paying your tithes." When I got through with my ninja stance. I said, yes, sir, I have been paying my tithes. Sometimes you go through struggle in Asia and you're right in the middle of the will of God. I'm preaching to somebody today. Did y'all like my ninja stance? I thought it was pretty good. I don't want you to be ignorant of this. You need to hear that. You need to know that. You need to really understand your faith is so depleted that you feel like a dead man walking, your past is eating you up, or your present is overwhelming you, and there's so much fear about your future, you fear paralyzed to even take a step into tomorrow. But then we go to verse 9, the same writer of verse 8 is verse 9, and it says this, but we had this sentence, we had the sentence of death in ourselves. And for you to really understand that, you had to hear last week's message, right, that part right there. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves. We had a death sentence on our back. It was killing us. There was a dead man on my back. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves. Look what he says. I had that on my back. And I didn't like it there. And it was a death sentence. But I'm just going to tell you something good came out of it. And what good came out of it is that I learned that we, I can't trust in myself anymore. God worked it for my good because I used to be this self-made man and I'm all that. And I, but then, then, then I realized, hey, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I, I can't do it. And we have this sense of death in ourselves that we should... It starts playing into my favor that we realize that we should not trust in ourselves. This thing's bigger than my pay grade. But who? But in God which raiseth the dead. This is one point that I think that he's not just meaning graveyard dead. I think he's meaning raising back up something in your life. And I'm basing that kind of off the context of what we're reading but something he's bringing back alive in you. Maybe it's a fight back in your spirit that you've lost your fight back. You've lost, you feel so dead and I just feel like dying. I feel like quitting that I kind of lost my fight back. He's saying, listen, you serve a God that raises your fight back, back up. He raises your, your career back up, your dream, your aspiration. Who you, I'm bringing it back. You've you got to understand, that's the kind of God you serve. Can I preach today? I know I'm, 
Man, I feel the Holy Ghost really strong right now. And so I can only trust in the one who raises up the dead. The word is saying, I'm going to help you out. And I'm going to pull you out. I'm going to pull you out. And even when you feel, you're going to be in the, you're going to be depressed. And I'm going I'm to pull you out. You're going to have tears dripping down your face. And I'm there for you in that moment. And I'm going to pull you out of your tears. With tears still pulling down your face, feeling like you want to die. I'm still going to. The Word is saying, I'm going to pull you out. I'm going to pull you out. He's teaching me that he's a miracle worker. He's going to raise up your fight back. And then the same writer that wrote eight and the same writer that wrote nine wrote ten. And this is the verse that I forgot to preach last week. Oh, this is good right here. Verse 10, it says, and you need to hear last week's message to tag on this. But he said this, this God who raises from the dead, that God, this one, this one, let me tell you what he does. Who delivered us from so great a death. He came along, took the dead man off my back, said, no, 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 not with them. You're not going to be a sentence to death of them. Who delivered us. Everybody say the past. Come on, say the past. Who delivered us from so great a death. He got the dead man off my back. He got the past off my back. He got my yesterday. And he says, I'm getting this. This great God of mine who raises from the dead. Who delivered us from so great a death. And then he stops. And it sounds like this part doesn't fit what he just said. Because he said, I, who delivered who delivered the past. He, it was yesterday who delivered us from so great a death. And then he says, and doth deliver. In other words, he has delivered, but now he is delivered. You don't understand the scripture until you understand the context of what I've been saying. Who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver, that's in my present. And listen to this, dear good, in whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Man, I'm going to tell you right there, if that don't get you going, you're unplugged. Who delivered us from so great a death. Everybody say, he has delivered. delivered. Everybody say, he doth deliver. He is delivery. And in whom we trust that he will, shall deliver. He's got the past. He's got the present. He's got the future. All covered up in your grill. Up in your grill. So come here, Sean, Daddy. I, I, I want you to look at this. Watch this. Watch this. Look at here, Sean. Come here. This is what he's doing. This is what he's doing. And I, and I, I kind of acted this out in a different way last week, but I want to show it again to you this week. The enemy's coming at you from your past condemnation. You stay right there. And he's coming up. He, I still got my jumps. He came up like this, and he started doing this. Look at that spot. Look at. And you say, "Who delivered us from so great a death?" I'm looking into my past, and I'm saying, he has delivered. If you know you've been delivered, somebody shout yes. yes. And then the enemy comes this way, and he wants to box him. And say, all right, I'm, you think that's covered? I'll take you out today. Temptation, struggle, bitterness, offenses, pride, struggle, all these issues coming at you. And what happened? The spirit in me raises up and says, he doth deliver. It's in the present. So he's got the past, he's got the past, and now he's got, boom, the present. 
And this is really weird because I'm hugging him. And he's got the past. He has delivered. He is delivered. And we trust that he will shall deliver. And so what's been keeping me stuck and paralyzed in my present because I don't feel like I can go anywhere in God because my past and even what I'm dealing with, he says, I've got you so covered in all the tenses of your life that you're going to move out from the past. He's going to cover you by the Spirit in your present if you seek after him and hand it over to him. And I'm going to let you take some steps into your future, moving towards the greatness of what God has in front of your life. Look what you did yesterday. Look what you did 20 years ago. Look what you did. Has. So every time, don't come. Don't just listen to this message and go home, man. That was a neat thought. You've got to use this stuff. I, have I showed you the Word of God? You've got to use it. You can't get deliverance if you don't use His Word. What, what is the deal with the modern day church in this hour that we're not going back to the Word? You cannot defeat the enemy without the Word of God. You know what you're doing? You're trying to live in your own measure. You're trying to live inside of your own strength. And you can't do it. And he'll kick your backside. You've got to understand, I've got to live outside of that. I've got to hand this thing over to Christ. And so every time that voice comes in you, I mean, I don't mean every once in a while. I mean every time he comes it up to you, you say, he has delivered. Who did it? He has delivered in the name of Jesus Christ comes at you, boom. He is delivering. Who's doing that? In the name of Jesus through Christ, through the power of His Spirit. I don't know if I can move on tomorrow. He shall deliver in the name of Jesus Christ. And I guarantee you in this room, has, is, shall, is all covered.